Hi, I'm Brad Dourif, and you're listening to the Midwest Monsters. I'm excited. I'm sorry. I picked this topic. I love this movie. It's a scary movie. It's a scary movie. And it still affects me just the same. I cannot put that on. I gotta tell you, something about this movie worked for me. I was oh, like, it rocked. So, I mean, that's kind of, that's debatable. But, I mean, it's a great movie. That, you know, I, it's my right as a viewer, as somebody who spends my money and time to go watch these films, to have my opinions and be disappointed. But that's what I love about about this group doing this podcast right now is that on so many pages <laughs> we're like right there with each other. But then I mean it, it's it's almost inevitable that uh, you know half the time we're gonna go you're out of your mind. You are out of your mind. Sorry, but that's... Welcome to the Midwest Monster Podcast, and now here are your hosts. Interesting topic tonight uh, in our roundtable series. We will be discussing the idea of the importance of music and scores in horror films. Uh, I'm Professor Wagstaff, and I am joined by Mad Chan, Hot Toddy, and Rybones. So, uh, guys, just to kick things off, uh, what are your thoughts just on the on the subject at hand? Well, initially, this is something I'd kind of approached you guys about doing uh, because I, you know, I'm I'm a musician, right? So. <clears throat> Music plays a humongous role, you know, in my life. But also, if you think about what it does in movies, it can set the tone for things. It can um, change, you know, the entire landscape of a film. You know, if you were listening to, uh, or you were watching, like, say, Friday the 13th, it's very different if you were to hear, like, you know, yakety sax. Like, <laughs> like it would be like, but come on, really? Benny Hill does yeah. kill fear. yeah. So music kind of is pretty important, I think, and, and there's a lot of iconic stuff in the horror world, so I kind of wanted to drudge it up and see what everybody could bring to the table on this. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, because, I mean, when you're watching those Freddy Krueger movies and that Dawkins song comes on, <laughs> and it Dream Warriors. the shit out of you. Here, tell you what. No, I'm just teasing. Just, just as a, this is one I didn't plan on talking about, but right out of the gate, I'm 33 years old, and the Unsolved Mysteries theme still creeps. Oh, the shit still, out of me. dude, still, <laughs> still creeps. Just the brought shit it, out of me. just brought it on Am- or on Amazon. <laughs> That's a great. Point. And uh, watched season one, and that song played, and I got chills up my spine. No, that's a great example. I can remember uh, in the summer watching that, and I would be the last one up, so I'd have to turn the lights off. Right. And I can remember that music uh, destroying me, and, <laughs> it still and, does. and and as the and as it was playing on the end credits, I would think. Oh, so that was like real stuff, and uh, and uh, the lights going back on, yeah, and they didn't, they didn't, they didn't figure it out or catch catch him. So this dude could be outside. Uh, shit. Catch so, me outside. Yeah, that music would. Oh, it's finally made its way into an episode. There how it is. That? Hashtag. Catch how about that? Uh, so yeah, no, that that's a great point on on the on what music can what how it can, it can do impact to something. Hot toddy. General thoughts. Um. When I was first mentioned to this to me, um, my initial thought was, uh, you ever read like the making of Halloween, the original, and Carpenter's trying to shop this movie around. Um, most of the people were like, 
this movie's a turd and it's not even scary. And um, I, I can't remember what studio, like Fox or one of them, uh, one of the ladies that had a chance to screen it, she actually, like after the movie is released in, into theaters, she watches the movie and then later there's an encounter with John Carpenter and she's like, I don't know what happened, but this movie's terrifying. And the difference was that Carpenter was released to theaters, they had the score. And so t to me, that's how important um, music is to movies. Um, I also think a lot of sequels and stuff where, to me, the music is a character. So, if it's, so. If, if it's missing or changed too much, it kind of takes me out of the franchise. Like, um, Freddy's Dead did not use the, the Nightmare on Elm Street score at all mm -hmm. until one scene... That one scene's effective. They play the theme, and that's it. Um, I think it might have been a different movie if they would have played the theme throughout instead of that one scene. But that's no, kind of a great point. Uh, episode we just covered: uh, the Hellraiser series has beautiful scores early on, and those leave. Uh, but they brought back the same guy for the second one, and I think maybe the third. Not sure about the third. I think Christopher Young did one and two. Yeah, some great music in those, and that drastically changed the tone of the film you were watching. But uh, Matt Jam, um, I think music is. I mean, music is a big driving force in movies, and but there's. I think we have to think about it in two different ways, and I think we'll talk about both of those. Is one is a score, mm -hmm. and one is a needle drop. It's what we wrote to set the mode, to set the mood, the tone, the feel of the movie, and then the other one is what songs that we purchased or had written yeah, by major absolutely. artists that we put in to fuel scenes. And there are, I mean, in horror alone, great scores, huge scores. But the thing that I'm just now finding out because of you guys is that the needle drops are just as important. You guys collect these records now, mm -hmm. and they've got more than scores on them. They've got the actual music. And I think that's an interesting thing. Like, so, score-wise, like you said, Halloween, that's an amazing score. We look at Jaws, Jaws, the driving force in Jaws, I know we'll get to it, but the driving force in Jaws, that music, the shark is the music. You know, Absolutely. and then uh, Tubular Bells and Exorcist. Which, and, which, like, oh I'm glad, God, just, that's weird you bring that up, because it's, I don't know if they still do it, but Pure Moods. <laughs> would, and, and, and I'm like, have you guys seen this movie? Because they're, they're releasing Pure Moods to be a relaxing, uh, I can't even think of that. The, like a meditation. Yeah, yeah, like a meditation type music. thing. And I'm like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, you're putting the theme from, and it, have, you, have you never seen the movie? It is, it is like yeah. this weird... But when you've seen the movie and you know what that's from, I'm not. I'm, I tense up when I hear that. Oh song. yeah, when you hear Tubular Bells, it's just like, like I pucker. <laughs> like, 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 Jesus, I pucker, fuck right? you now. <laughs> but no, so I think, like I said, so I think themes always been a running importance, and now it's gonna be interesting to hear you guys all of your takes on needle drops because some mm -hmm. of the '80s horror movies are fueled. By song, there was not, even, by, not as much by score, but by yeah. song. Like Return of the Living Dead is a rock and roll soundtrack, you know. So ACDC even did an entire album based on. I mean, it's, was it Maximum Overdrive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I hate Maximum to call that like a horror film per se, but it's in the no, realm. No, okay. but, We're there, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, Semi's chasing you down is scary. Emilio yeah. Estevez, <laughs> but that Emilio. they did an entire sound Emilio. soundtrack for that movie. You know, it's they did that whole thing was a yeah. needle drop, right? And um, there's iconic stuff like, uh, like you guys are talking about, like the Jaws and the Halloween and stuff like Prince's that. Prince's Hellraiser. You know, I mean, Jaws is two notes. Dun, dun, 
<laughs> you know, but there's also, um, uh, you know, stuff like the trick or treat movie, you know, where it, the whole thing is a needle the, drop. The 80s. It's basically Fastway, the band Fastway does the entire, right. you know, quote unquote score of the film. Right, right, right. So I think, like, uh, it's pretty vast. What, right. What's out there. So, where do you guys okay. want to go first? Well, I'm gonna. Go ahead. My initial thoughts. Oh, I'm sorry. Here. I'm sorry. Oh, you're fine. Uh, I didn't mean to skip. With, me. No, with music, I think, and we'll, we're going to cover all this. I think the most fascinating part about it that we as viewers don't really think about, we we recognize the moments of it, but on a grander scale, is uh, how important these decisions are and how vast, Extremely. <laughs> you know, yeah. the list of options are for how you want to manipulate. The movie and the storytelling that you're going to do, I think much of of stuff in horror movies is instinctual, and and things that naturally cause you as just a creature to have feelings. Uh, and they've even done studies. I actually took the time to read about this. It, it goes deep uh, about um, the instinctual relation of fear for your offspring by hearing, you know, something cry off in the distance. And how that naturally makes you kind of perk up and worry about your area. And I know this kind of sounds... What is, what's going on now? <laughs> uh, that completely threw me off. But uh, it, it, it creates a lot of uh, natural feelings that we don't necessarily pinpoint when they're happening. They just affect how we watch the movie. Which is why, you know, these things can be so important. Um, you know, just at the top, before I even started going down my notes with, like, some random subjects, I just jotted down some of the greatest, con you know, at least considered, and I know everybody at this table feels that way, horror films, and how important music, you know, was in them. And you guys have already <clears throat> mentioned a few, but I'll jot them off real quick. Halloween, Jaws, Exorcist, Psycho, The Shining, Nightmare on Elm Street, Suspiria, Dawn and Day of the Dead, and Night of the Living Dead, for that matter, Alien, Phantasm. All of these films, music plays a huge part in them. Psycho. Yeah, I think I said that. Oh, did you say that? It. Okay. Maybe I missed it. So, but uh, I, personally, <laughs> so I think the one you could analyze the longest and deepest is Jaws, mm -hmm. um, from what it covers. Um, just the simple <clears throat> two notes creates that feeling of something's near. Right. Something's wrong. Panic um, and stuff. And yeah. we have, you know, the shrieking. Of, of our attack scenes and it, and this and the the pace of the note speeds up as we're getting closer. Uh, that's brilliant. That's br yeah. that's the brilliant part. Yeah. The closer and, it gets, the faster they get together. Yeah, and, and that's what's so wonderful about his score in that is just how basic it is, and and a lot of times that you know is what works the strongest. Um, and even in Jaws, I mean, it's not just relegated to just solely the scary scenes. We also have. Um, you know, like the scene when we're panning out onto the ocean because like the, we're getting the, ready to go the adventure the score. Act. Yeah, right. I mean, that right there, that film, and I think a lot of people, if you were to to walk up to them on the street, whether they're a connoisseur of horror films or not, that would be one of the first ones they mention. Yeah, because everybody in the world knows dun, 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 dun. how many how many dun, comedies dun, dun, dun. in the '80s, even if it was a swimming pool. If there was something Spoof in the that, water yeah. that yeah. you heard the like, da, 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 da. I think the 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 cougar and <laughs> secret of my success where she's trying to dance <laughs> yeah. Michael J. Right, Fox. Right, right. It's yeah, like yeah. Da, 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 da. The, there's only there's only two things off the top of my head that I can think of that have two notes and that rock pretty hard. And one's the Jaws theme, and one's Pantera's Walk. I think uh, with Jaws, and it's. I think it was something pointed out to me that I never noticed before, 
But Jaws has the theme, and I think it adds too because the shark didn't always quite work, and so it adds to a movie where we don't always see the shark. Yeah. But the the music the ones, was like a place well, it place was, setting it, it for the was, shark. When they played his theme, Jaws was there. So, so there's the one scene where it's the kids that have the fin, and it's not really Jaws. Yes, mm-hmm. the music doesn't play. Yeah, the, I don't the, think I had noticed that until yeah, like the, the way music later. Only, the music only plays when the sharks and Jaws. Jaws might be the most genius use of music. Uh, as a place and, and setting for complain, not seeing the shark. People complain about it. Like they were, they're always like, we ought to know the damn shark's there. The music's playing. But you know what? When you're watching them, <laughs> no matter like if they were 50 feet away and put their toe in water, if you heard like, you're like, oh God. Oh God. <laughs> Imagine, okay, think about this. Imagine watching Jaws without the music. I can't. Yeah, well, I mean, that's... It would be when totally I, when I went, I went surfing weird. in Hawaii and I got like second degree sunburn. And by the time the surf went up, I was, like, determined to surf. So I had a T-shirt on, not thinking my dumb ass gets into the ocean and where I'm bleeding. And I was fine until uh, the there, was, there was two moments I remember. And one is we were snorkeling, and I, I kind of was chasing the turtle. And when I came up, I had went around, like, this big rock. And I wasn't near anybody. And that's how effective that movie is, that I came up, and the first thing I heard was, and I'm not. I actually had panic, and I went back to where people were. Yeah. And the second time is when we went surfing. I finally got out from not dying from all the waves. <laughs> finally made it out. All the waves die. I'm bleeding on a surfboard in the middle of the ocean, and I again I heard. And I, I actually started like any limbs that were in the water. I would put them on the board, and I was actually kind of scared for a few moments. And that's how effective that movie and that score is. Jaws is a terrifying movie, that's for sure. Have you ever done that in a swimming pool by yourself? What's that? Like looked out at the vast swimming pool and just been like, you hear that well, music? I hear that music when I'm in bodies I, of water. You know what? I used to be lakes. obsessed with doing it with my goggles on. I'd yeah. go to, to where the high, <laughs> the high level, level. Yes. where the water was yes. going just up over my eyes, and I'd be. You want to be like, that dum, like dum, that camera yeah. person, like yeah. Bob? Yeah. See, yeah. I'm going. I'm, I'm playing a, a show next weekend at a hotel two nights, and they've got a hot tub and a pool. So you bet your sweet ass at some point <laughs> I'm going to be thinking. Dun. That's what I'm saying. It's just, it, but that's and it could just be a turd it, floating at that point. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be right out of Caddyshack. Like. Yeah, no. I mean, to echo what you were saying about with no music, you could also take the idea with Jaws of like think about how it wouldn't be anywhere near as effective of a film if you had heavy metal playing in that or some kind oh, of yeah. hard rock to show the chaotic right. situation. I mean, when you really picture that in your head. It just it doesn't well, work. and I, I think I think movies, um, but it, it happens all the time. An odd movie to bring up, but Jason goes to hell. There, the scene where she uh, she goes to go downstairs and the power goes out. It's silent. Oh, right at the beginning, and especially for, for and not the beginning, but uh, like the middle of the picture. Yeah. The, the, oh, okay. The, oh, see, I thought you were the, the mother of the baby when they're yeah. baiting him. Yeah. So there's no music whatsoever, and I think there might have been music when she was in the shower and the lights had went out. And then as she's walking down the stairs, it's just silent. And I'm like, especially for a movie that's not as great, it's kind of effective. Yeah, there's a there's a movie too that that uh, me and a friend talk about the particular not music, the absence of music making it mm-hmm. even heavier. So it's a great point. This is not a horror film by any means, but the the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, right? So the scene where Shredder comes out and the the, the turtles all face him one on one. If you watch during those fight scenes, there is no music. And it just adds this extra like heaviness, like this is real, like they're getting down. Like if you would have put a soundtrack over that, it might have cheapened it. Yeah. But 
the absence of music is is also can set the tone too. Yeah, well, the, in a weird a way. Perfect but. example of what you're talking about too uh, would be Paranormal Activity. Yeah, um, uh, a movie that had a shoestring budget and you, everybody was holding their breath in the theater when they would go to nighttime. There's no music. That was way more scary than if they would have put like what's the name of the drums where you turn the wheel where it's like boom 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 boom. You know what I'm talking about where you can change the tension on it. Play it. Oh, like a roto tom. Yeah, or something. but it kind of create yeah. that sound that they use in horror movies all the time with kind of like that outlying sound of, of you know just kind of playing not a, a straight rhythm on it. Even something like that would have taken you out of that moment or sound effects or any kind the of silence scary is score. heavy in it. The in silence works, and that's a choice that to make yeah. with you know when you're when you're putting together these films. The movie Dead Silence, because that's uh, is, is it when. Talking about with the dummy? Yeah. The it's, James it, Wan film? It, it, when you hear silence, she's there, right? Okay, it's been a while. I haven't seen it. Um, it's pretty effective. Like, like, you'll hear... Um, I don't know if a lot of music plays throughout it. Like, maybe there'll be music on a radio. When you hear silence, she's there. Um, I can't remember if it's you're not supposed to look at her. It's been a while. Yeah, it's, it's been, been a, a couple years. But, but it's, it's, it's so effective because you know she's coming because, like... like we fade out, and everything that you're hearing will fade out. And it's dead silent, and there's quite. A, it was more effective than if it would have been like you know. And then you hear loud music. So what are some other? We we talked a lot about Jaws. What are some other scores? I think Halloween's definitely a Friday the Thirteenth for me is a huge one. How and how and it's so basic and 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 again like the which everyone has their own take on it, but it's basically like kill mommy. Well, no, yeah. I'm not talking about that part. I'm talking about like um, they're epic. Uh, like... like I think maybe from part two on, uh, particularly the opening scenes. The music is very or it's, like... or, it's orchestral, yeah. but it's very frantic and uh, it starts that way from it's, one. It's very the, a lot of the notes are dissonant and yeah. things and just yeah. kind of, it's a it pulls from a lot of psycho. It, it makes you a little um, uh, it makes you a little uh, anxious. Yeah, and kind of guarded. Like, ooh, ooh, ooh. well, and, and they, they they actually had credit scenes too, so you had to yes. watch through the, the score. Yeah, when Friday the Thirteenth, and then the cast mm-hmm. and producers and director. So you had a couple minutes of sitting in a black theater where it's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, that's great, and it really sets the tone for it. And, and and I think they lose that. I think Seven had a different score, but still had some. And then by Part Eight. It almost had the score of the TV show. They almost went to needle was, drop stuff. It was there. yeah, it wasn't um, the darkest night. Of the Whatever, it's my jam. It wasn't as <laughs> a good song. Got that in the car. <laughs> it wasn't as effective, I don't think, for for that for that movie. No, that's but, very true though. To go back to the instinctual stuff with the shrieking on the strings in those films, that that is disorienting. It's almost like stabbing, which we trace back yeah. to Psycho. With the famous shower scene, the, the, the strings so kind of feel like being stabbed. Yeah, like if you turn that up. The shrieking is, it almost makes you like. If you yeah, say psycho unpleasant. to somebody, they usually think that, me, me, me. You know, the, and they kind of do the Garth Algar from Wayne's yep. World. That's the music yep. right there. And, and that had a great score from oh, start to finish. But that's the, yeah, I like the, when she's riding in the car. Mm-hmm. The Buster Rhymes. Like, like, give yeah. us a mo. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> 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 like, oh, I yeah. love. <laughs> AKA, I knew where he was going AKA with that. Reanimator's big rip off. <laughs> right. But and you know I what? Reanimator's. I, Reanimator, I don't care if you ripped it off or not. It's all right. <laughs> it, yeah. no, that was, it is, that's why did you say that? that I wanted a, to think. It was but, just but, such but, a good. It was just a good vibe, you know. She's yeah. driving in the car. I really sense a spinoff because you just said something, and I don't know why my brain just 
connected something. You said reanimator, and I wanted to think the singer Rihanna, and then Mater. <laughs> well, she is. Put him on his hey, t-shirt. It's She's in Bates Motel now, so there's our connection. <laughs> yeah. Right on, right on. Um, so, what are a few others? Like I, I said, Halloween. Yeah, let's talk about Halloween. Psycho Halloween is amazing. I mean, kind of touched Psycho. on that. Let's spend some time on Halloween. I, I, I like that Halloween. Yeah. So, uh, two was similar but a little different. The weird sci-fi music in three, I like. Um, let's let's focus on on a, on the first one. What, okay. what made that soundtrack great? Any of you? Again, the, the it was a different sound to me. Like uh, it wasn't it wasn't it was it was a Sith, and wasn't it? Because uh, Carpenter's dad was a musician, right? I think it was basically like you can't do these notes together. You can't. Are we talking about that? Yeah, Carpenter's dad was a studio musician. Yeah, he worked with. So I think I think his thing is was like you can't do this, and he was like, okay, well, yes, I can. Yes, I can. Well, the thing, and it it almost it made you uncomfortable. Well, and that's the thing. Not only did it make you uncomfortable, but that boom, 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 you know that that pulsating. Like every time Michael would come after somebody, like I think that's where we are with these scores. It's it's the cue. Yeah, every time like there's a chase, there's a chase sound. Yeah. There, there's a scary, you know. There's there's different sounds for different situations. Oh god, that, that little. Yeah. Oh my god. No, I always thought, I always thought that one sound was kind of cheesy. That. You know, no, dude. That, no, it makes effective, me want to like. It makes me want to like turn the page and. No, kid's that, book that's or some shit like, to let you know something's about to go down or oh, it's it gone yeah. down. Now, why why did why did Carpenter score that? Money, which right. I think is it's important to, is say, important right? to remember, and I think that. Something that's interesting about that is somebody who had complete control over scoring his own film. A, he's talented with, with scoring in general, but right. why it's so effective is because he's he's got the control for the you know what he's cueing uh, within that film. Um, I think that in many ways it it takes a little bit from The Exorcist and the way we're creating an ominous tone on oh know, yeah yeah on keys. Um, I think it's in just insanely effective. I, it's one of my, I, I think, and you know, a majority of horror fans' favorite score. Everyone knows it. It's just, it's so good. I mean, there's no other way around it. And something else interesting, at least to me, that I like is uh, non-linear, you know, stuff put in with it, which I actually veered off when I was preparing for this in looking at political ads and how they're effective with that, <clears throat> and how viewers don't really realize half the time that it's effective. Because when you have the the big ominous drop, where it's almost off rhythm with the rest of the commercial, it's basically you know to get your attention of bad. Right, right. You have that throughout. Don't vote these for this. Scores. This person said this. It's a yeah. subliminal thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah and so yeah. and so with Halloween, I think something that's important with that score, and like most horror movies, is we mount the our levels. Of, of seriousness and you know what's going on and how severe it is and even if something as simple with the Halloween score we start out with just the dun 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 you know with yeah. just the keys and then we start adding in the bong bong you know oh, and, yeah. it, and it swells but it never gets huge to the point where it's distracting and I think that's why it's mm-hmm. such an effective score um, and at some point here in the episode we can veer off into all the wonderful stuff that he did with his soundtracks um Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. I did Halloween. Go ahead. What's okay. Uh, one I want to mention, I mentioned it here, but I want to talk a little bit about it, is Suspiria. Uh, is everybody familiar with that one? I, I actually no. had Suspiria and Phenomena okay. down. Actually, in, in general, and especially if Goblin, I think, is involved. Okay, that's why I mentioned it. Suspiria's my favorite by them. Uh, but Goblin did a lot of soundtrack work. He was uh, became, you know, 
in quite well with Dario Argento. He's quite the fan. Uh, Argento is responsible for bringing Goblin into Dawn of the Dead and then helping with the soundtrack for that. <laughs> That was wonderful. Oh, I love that. But but with the spirit, we won't go through the whole movie, obviously. Right. Uh, But the basic premise of it is we have a school for ballerinas out in the middle of nowhere. We're dealing with potential witches. Uh, It's a very visual film. Uh, But with the score, we have, uh, it it feels, uh, there's no better word to describe it, very witchy, with uh, almost like a music box. And the way that we play the notes with that, but at the same time we have thunderous, big drums that create just very, very tense scenes. That is one of my favorite scores. Um, but and I wanted to touch on it, not to go through because there's not that much deep conversation to have about it, other than I wanted to point out Goblin. I think Goblin's been huge uh, for horror scores, and they're still touring. I mean, I don't know about right this minute, but. Just within the last couple of years, they were playing in L.A. So they're, right they're still doing things, kind of in the vein of uh, Tangerine Dream, who hasn't done a lot of uh, horror scores. They did do The Keep, but, uh, you know, uh, they, they have their own brand that, that found their way into films. Awesome. And uh, we t- I said a little bit of something about it earlier. Um, you guys are... Two of you, at least, are famous for picking up these soundtracks, man. So, what is it about this music? Let's stay away from the like the needle drop stuff. We're still on the scores. Mm-hmm. Some of these records that you buy with just the scores, like like the new like the Halloween or the sorry the Carpenter albums, where he's yeah. got all of his music on there. Like, what what is it about these things that you guys? I think the mood, the mood. Okay. The, uh, that's mm-hmm. the, the first thing I think of. Um, it doesn't always. Uh, I notice uh, Halloween time. I play a little bit more of certain stuff, but a lot of times that's not even necessarily the mood I'm looking for. Like, like one of the ones uh, I just recently picked up and then it had the 4K of the film is Phantasm, um, which the music's just amazing anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of odd. I guess I kind of made fun of her earlier for pure moods, but um, I don't always put it on to be all tense and scary, no. but it is this weird, like, um... It's almost like an alternative to playing, like putting Phantasm on the TV. I can just right. put the soundtrack on. So if you're like doing something, if you're like doing something in yeah. the house, I like create. If I put Phant- if I'm doing homework and I put a movie on that I don't care about, I'm probably still gonna kind of watch it. Okay, okay. If I put the soundtrack on, I'm not watching it, but I'm kind of getting. It's the a much effects. more controlled way to yeah, enjoy yeah, yeah, it. I've yeah. actually the made music you like. I've actually made the Phantasm soundtrack my alarm on my phone. Okay, now Has anybody done off. that? You're showing off. Does that just give you you're, big balls? No, because it's, it's no. Here's the thing no, about cool. here's, here's the thing about the Phantasm soundtrack. It's light enough that if it wakes you up in the morning, you're like, oh, it's kind of soothing. Oh shit, I gotta turn that off. <laughs> Does it end with more? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so if if these um these themes are made to frighten you. Like, does it have this reverse effect when you're just listening to an album? Uh, there, there, there have been, there have been. I'm not gonna lie. There's times, <laughs> there's times where mysteries. like, a, like maybe I'll put on Scream or something, and uh, you know, really I, I won't even, I won't even think about it. I'm doing homework. I'm doing laundry. Then I go upstairs to use the bathroom. That's what and I was then I thinking. come out of the bathroom and all the windows are open and this damn music's now on <laughs> that I you know and I didn't think about it till I opened the door to go back downstairs and I'm looking down a darkened hallway and I'm like fuck somebody's in the house. See, that's what I was thinking. Like that's what would get me. Like if I was taking a nap and I was woken up suddenly 
and the Halloween soundtrack is playing. <laughs> and I'm a little Mountain. disoriented. I Mountain. might freak out on somebody. I'm just and, 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 and a lot if of the you come to my door, I might hurt you. A lot of the scores too, though. I mean, not not every song is scary. Okay, like, right. Like Jaws, there's a lot of like. It's just tension. We're, we're happy on a boat. Yeah. yeah, but I'm it's talking not about even always when, tension. I'm no, I mean when the music kicks in. Yeah, yeah. But I'm talking about those those songs that are meant to to elicit yeah. that one emotion. Uh, I, you you listen to them by yourself. Okay, as a collector, yeah. uh, I would say sixty to seventy five percent of the records I own are horror scores. Yeah, because if I'm listening to regular rock records or rap or whatever, I want to jam. I'm not spending it on vinyl. Some a lot of people like to do that. For me, when I play vinyl. It is to fill my room while I'm doing something. Okay. I, I tend to play a lot of jazz, horror scores, uh, some some laid back artists. I I don't get vinyl to to go nuts on, in terms of blaring it. And right. so with the horror scores, why I love those and and to answer your question, no, they're not scary when they play because I've seen the film, and that's the difference. Now, if you were to take one of these and just put on. Um, Here's a guy, Slasher Dave, which I'll mention a couple names here, people. If they're interested, maybe you check them out. Uh, Slasher Dave, uh, Slasher Film Festival Strategy. These are both artist names, and they create scores for films that don't exist. And they kind of go back to the Carpenter sound and stuff like that. And my point is, is those are scary. Because I, I don't have anything <laughs> to relate them to. They're not a movie oh, okay, I survived okay. through and enjoyed and have fun with okay. stuff. Those actually make my mind think a little bit on its own, as opposed to oh, this is the soundtrack to this movie that I love, you know. Okay, so, so. you you kind of see do you, do you see that like you like you're listening to them to, like you said just to fill just to fill the room. You're listening to these. You're like oh okay, so this is uh, what's it? This is Tina. Do you see anything or whatever? You, you see anything you like? This is Halloween or this is whatever. You did that just. If you listen to it and stop, you, it takes you back to a place in a movie, and you're just like, "Oh, haha, this is what's happening there." But shit that doesn't relate to a movie, you're like, "What? What's lurking around this corner?" Okay, okay yeah, I it's more that. of a fun moment of nostalgia when you're playing something for these movies you already seen. Because by the time you purchase it, you like the movie, you know you like the score, you know what you're getting. Whereas they're effective in movies because you have visuals and uncertainty that go with them. Um, so you know, also to quickly mention uh, some labels that are fun to purchase from if anybody hasn't really got into buying soundtracks on vinyl and they're interested uh check out waxworks records uh death waltz mondo uh they have a ton of stuff uh lunaris which they're a little newer but they did like you know night of the demon or demons uh um, the witchboard single yeah so they, they've done a little bit of stuff they have one of those mm -hmm. artists i was talking about too I, the name's escaping me on uh, where they created their own score but it's really good i want to say it's like frozen existence it was okay. really cool. Actually, check the music out. You can listen to theirs on their website and buy it if you want. Right um, but those are some really cool places to do it. Waxworks especially is is raising the bar every couple of months. They they just put out one for the thing uh, where on the deluxe version it's covered in a sheet of ice that to get to the record oh, you have cool. to pull the sleeve across and basically it's cracked down the middle. And then you get the record out. Oh, and so that thing's going to be cool. a treasure. Right, uh, right. And also, to their credit, um, it sold out in five minutes. Fans, <laughs> well, wow. fans, so if you want one, tough yeah, shit. Well, no, no, no. Fans <laughs> went off about it. Um, and within 24 hours, they basically, they didn't apologize, but they basically did. They had a thing up that said, anybody that wants our records in their home, we want to make sure you can get them. You have 
we're doing another wave of orders. You have 24 hours to pre-order it. So they're a good company. Give them your money. That's cool. They got some really great releases. Um, they're once they're out of print from them, they are pricey though. Like you have to take to eBay for them. So like <laughs> right. uh, something cool that they're well, doing is uh, uh, Friday Thirteenth. They've done the first Ooh. three soundtracks. Uh, four will be coming yes. out later this year, uh, but the first three are out of print from them. I have them. Isn't that the one they did with like the blood filled? The wax. very first one. That was I, awesome. I didn't get that they, release of it, but they're hinting at redoing that. That was killer. So keep an eye out for that. But like for instance, uh, the Exorcist they're doing in the next couple months, Evil Dead Two. There's gonna be some great. Oh no, stuff Evil coming. Dead Two. I you, I don't buy albums, but I would buy that. Yeah. Like I love. Well, and here's Evil the thing Dead too. Too. Even if you're not big on playing the records, the packaging on these things are incredible. You could use them as display pieces, and I mean they're just. Oh, are they that they're bad? Great. Well, no, a lot of it has special artwork. Like Halloween 2 is mm-hmm. Mike Myers with I, a nurse yep. outfit. Yep, and he's got blood yeah. going down the eyes. And, oh, and, right on. And I was going to give a shout-out, too. If you if you miss these and you're at a convention yes. in the Midwest, Paul Bearer Press has a lot of these vinyl. Mm-hmm. They are not marked up. They, they're well, typically what you probably could have bought them for originally. Um, you know, If it's a collector's item, it might be a little bit more, but... Awesome. I've, I've picked up a lot of vinyl that I've missed out on that that's out of print from him, for for probably the price I would have originally paid. Do we have any more um, yes. themes? Okay. There is one we have completely left out, okay. and I like and I like that we we didn't bury the lead and like come out with this in the first Nightmare on Elm Street. See, every time okay. it keeps boom, 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 boom. Yeah, I mean the whole. I mean everything from like the one to Freddy's coming for you. To the piano thing, the dun 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 dun. You know, oh, I'm like doing that. it a terrible injustice, but no, no, you're, you're they doing they great. talk about it on um, uh, the documentary Never Sleep Again. Right. How the notes mess with your sense of order. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because they go off. It's the music is very important yes. to, to, the, to, that, to that film, and everybody knows one, two, Freddy's right, coming right. I mean, Everybody kind of knows that. Um, even if you're not a horror fan, you say Freddy, they could probably tell you at least the first line of that rhyme. Right. You know, that obviously is a, a takeoff on things, but um, I think that one's incredibly important to the tone of when Freddy shows up or uh, different parts of the film. Man, you guys don't know it, but you're sitting here with a composer. So my first short film, um, Good Night, Todd wrote the music for. I don't know if wrote's the word. (laughs) (laughs) I had a keyboard in the living room, and I was trying to get a score down for the end scene, like it's a 13-minute scene. And I was like, man, this is horrible. I don't know what music I'm going to use. And I let Todd just sit there with the keyboard, and after about five minutes, I was like, oh, that's... uh," Like, it chills ran up my back. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. Do that again. He's like... I don't know what I did. <laughs> so we sat there, and I just started literally recording everything he played. Yeah. And I found a chunk of about four minutes of score that is so chilling that I loop it through 13 minutes <laughs> through the end of the movie, and then it goes into a Kramis song. But, I mean, I loop it for the whole end of the movie, and it was, dude, it's chilling. Because I don't know what he did. Because he's literally just being Todd. So like, and he killed, like, I mean, it... It's uneasy. You watch that, and it's not so much Kitsy Duncan getting mutely finger banged <laughs> on, the, on the screen as much as it is. That score makes it uneasy, and that that's this gentleman right here. So I know score like from him, like he wrote something that I was like, oh. So it helps, man. It really does. I think uh, there, there's. I don't know if it's me personally, but anything with kids. 
So Poltergeist, or like the Am- God damn, the Amityville one. It's just like, that uh, innocent, huh? and then it's like, uh, uh, uh. I'm like, because uh. Poltergeist is kind of almost uh, like, uh, yeah. I'm like, you damn demon children, get so out of here. What about Lost Boys when it's like, Thou shall not. That one's creepy in a different way. Like that I one's actually kind of cool. Actually, you know, then let's use that right there to segue into needle drops. But but before we do, I oh, had, okay. I had one. It was kind of touching on what he said. But have you ever heard the the unused Exorcist? Oh, the freaking God yeah. damn that! St- I can't no, even think no. about it. I, all it, I know is I think scrap the music they use. So or? there's there's a trailer that that was banned, yeah. and there's a score that they decided not to go with. Yeah, there's a complete it's score too that much. It's too much. I it was like four a.m. one night. You gotta send me a link to that. I, like I, I will. I was four a.m. and then somebody had posted on one of the sites like, "Hey, check out the um the band trailer and." I'm not gonna lie, I couldn't finish the trailer, and I listened to two seconds of the <laughs> Damn, score because I was right like, on. "I'll wait till tomorrow," because it when was the um, sun's up. Sun's well, they, up and they, they used they used the on you score in the in the band trailer, and it's just there's so much strings and stuff. It's too intense. It's too much. The trailer's showing strobe lighting and the demon, and it doesn't even really show the movie. Done. I was done. I was like, <laughs> I, I was like, at four in the morning, I'm more susceptible to possession. So more three, no, three a.m. is the witching hours. Huh? Yeah. we know that from watching horror movies. Um, yeah, I just wanted to touch on that, but um, yeah, I, most of mine on my list, other than what we already touched on, are kind of needle drops. Right on. So um, I'm just gonna go. My favorite needle drop. I'm just gonna lead with this. I'm not gonna bury it because you said it. Is uh. Cry Little Sister Lost in Boys. Lost Boys. I love that song. I got to see that song perform live with the Lost Boys and Corey Haim in a lobby with G Tom Mac. On they were playing bongos. Like is still, that the one that, you said? Brooke McCarter was playing. Yeah, oh, Brooke and Corey were both playing, yeah, and so awesome. Jameson knew, or not Jameson, uh, the little kid, uh, Chance Michael Corbett was playing them yeah. too. Like. Dude, like the Lost Boys has to be. That's one of my that's favorite. A, that's if a not staple my of that movie. Song, yeah. which I have actually picked up some of these ones that we're going to talk about on vinyl, right just on. because they do kind of fit in between there. It's like I said, I don't like to jam out traditional songs, but right. there's a few of them are just too bought, good to pass I Lost Boys. Like Cry Little Sisters, like that, so I love that song. Say hello to the night. I mean, that's <laughs> a great thing too. To, to stay in that theme, I just recently picked up Fright Night. I, that's my favorite. God, it's, Fright Night's so great. <laughs> that's so my, great. No, that's my favorite needle drop. Right Fright Night, Return of the Living Dead, which they they reissued. So oh, right like having to try to track it down and pay expensive price, I got it for like nineteen bucks. Yeah. Newberry Comics, I got mine from there. Which they're another group that has all kinds of exclusive. And, and, what, and I, I think was you know I'm, I'm sure there was earlier, but Return of the Living Dead because it used punk music with mm-hmm. punks. Was there something before that that I'm missing? That because a lot of times it was like pop music or it's kind of unique that well the i think the movement came yeah. right around that time just w- with the soundtracks and people expressing interest and wanting to buy them because for the most part it was just scores yeah i mean you yeah. occasionally would have like a single that was released but those typically weren't with and and, and it's not films. straight up horror but like i always thought american werewolf in london cuz every yeah. song has Ooh, moon in the title i completely forgot about this i'm glad you mentioned that something that i remember reading in the book that just came out within the last year on beware the moon in london yeah is he wanted Elvis's Blue Moon for the credits? If you have like you guys Blue listened Moon to Kentucky? that, yeah. no, just Blue Moon. No, no yeah, I've heard that. It is haunting, and oh, it would have been great if they could have used that for the. Open. The credits are still great with the version they've got, right? But Elvis's is, is haunting. Like you should look it up, listeners. If you oh yeah, look definitely. It up. 
it's it's just as minimal as it gets. It's just a distant beat and him singing almost reverbed. Right. It's haunting. Like it would have been so great to show going over the moors there at the beginning. I and honestly, guys, that wasn't on purpose. I I listened to that on accident, not knowing what you're just talking about. Yeah, yeah, it is. I, I agree yeah, with you. That is a fun soundtrack, though. How they tile that mm-hmm. in. Um, I, have, I have a couple Kevin Tenney movies. Uh, Witchboard. Mm-hmm. That damn score. Um, I, I want to say it was a relative that did the music to these movies of his. Um, there's the song that that um, Linear released as a single because I, I think that's the only song in the movie. Maybe one or two songs on Witchboard with, with sure. Needle Drop. I associate it with this scary movie, so I can't hear it as the song. I hear it as like there's a ghost watching me. <laughs> He's gonna throw me out the window. And then Night of the Demons had kind of this weird, like, punk rock kind of mm-hmm. demons song. Was it like, was the Beast Inside? Is that the name yeah, of the there, Well, there's one that's like a lovely ballad. Yeah. Like, I imagine goth kids walk down the aisle to. <laughs> but, um, yeah, both of those. And they're, they're well, Witchboard's not really comedic to me, but, like, Night of right. the Demons being funny. Man, when the, the comedy died when the songs came on to me. Right on. Yeah. There's a couple soundtracks I like, too, that are not, not even horror film related. Uh, no, yeah, but we're, we're a horror film podcast. So can you, can you, can you just throwing it in? Just throwing can you this bring it in? A, I'm just throwing this I out. I like the a, T-U-R-T-L-E song at the end of Ninja no, Turtles 2, not Ryan. that. Not but, that. Not that. Um, actually, you might share my love in this. Maybe. Maybe the film. Uh, Last Action Hero. Oh, yeah. So you've got Megadeth. You've got, you've got Cypress Hill. You've got ACDC. you got Tom Noonan in there. That's, that's a fantastic needle drop, needle drop album. He's But swinging back to the to the, to the the needle drop of the horror realm, um, like I said uh, earlier, Trick or Treat was entirely Fastway, the band Fastway. Right. Um, you know, the song Who Made Who by ACDC is right out of Maximum Overdrive. That entire album was, quote unquote, scored because they were mainly rock tunes. Uh, needle Drop by ACDC, you know. Right. See, cool I miss I miss the time when you could do that, like when Prince did the Batman soundtrack. Well, yeah, like, I, think, I, I, think, I think for a few of these films too, <laughs> Friday the Thirteenth Six used a lot of Alice Cooper and other yeah, like, Man Behind songs. the Mask. Yeah. Um, and again, I I associated these songs. <laughs> you better keep it up till the end. Uh, I'll tell you what, we went and seen uh, Goo Goo Dolls. In concert, and we have a friend, Ryan Sexton, and after every song, Ryan Sexton would just scream at the top of his lungs. He'd be like, Don't fall asleep, dude. <laughs> like, after every song. He wanted them to, I was like, it's The Goo Goo Dolls are like, we're not associating with that friend's day. <laughs> now, hot, hot Toddy, there is, Hot Toddy, there is a song that you and I oh, like for different reasons. I've just, I My name this is Peaches? Is, it's, no, it's, it's right out of Nightmare on Elm Street uh, 4. Is it anything, anything? It's anything, anything. Yes, drama, rama. That would did, I would pick that did, as my favorite individual. Didn't you record drama. me well, singing that at that. karaoke one night? I think I did. I think I did. As a matter of fact, I had it on my gym playlist. So when I go to the gym, I'm like, yeah. I gotta fight like Rick. Yep. <laughs> I, I get I get pumped up when I hear that song. Well, I've got it on that convention anything, CD, anything. like that I was playing the way to conventions just to get those the are mood. good times. Oh, I love that song. Good times. Oh man, that is a good one. What, what about uh, what about? I think it's something that died off from the '80s. And I know it's cheesy, but I, I love it. Was they any movie, any movie, no matter how dumb the title, they could think of a fucking song. Pet Cemetery. Yep. The Ramones. No. I Pet don't Cemetery. Be Monster Squad. There's like the little the Monster, Monster Squad, Squad rap. Squad. Yeah. Gotta like every up. movie. My bloody Valentine's. The, like the, the Ballad of Harry yes. Warden. <laughs> yeah. I think that's. Uh, I got that on vinyl, by the way. I think that's something like uh, M.I.A. from. Uh, first off, I, I think soundtracks are with Guardians of the Galaxy and a few other soundtracks. 
I think it's making their return to, to newer movies, but I love soundtracks because it's, it's all different artists usually. Um, it makes you think of the movie like within two seconds. The thing that makes me upset about this topic the most is that I know, I know after we hit the stop button and we, you know, tomorrow I'll be doing something at home and go, damn it, why didn't I talk about this film? Because <laughs> there's so much good stuff. Right. You write that down. Do we have any more two. needle drops we want to mention? I don't want to skip off topic. If oh, we've still no. Got some more oh, I, I, I was thinking like a lot of the Nightmare on Elm Streets. Uh, and I think a good tie-in. And, Love and, Kills and, by Vinnie well, Vincent And it's Bacon. shame now, but like or, Dream Warriors and, and Love oh, Kills. Dream- God, why did we not that. talk about hit Dream us, Warriors? Hit us with that. Go ahead. Hit us with that docking. Okay. We're the Dream Warriors. You know, who doesn't know <laughs> that? I just cracked my glass. Who doesn't know that? But and, and, and the cool thing is... Somebody though, just wrecked their car. And, <laughs> and they, didn't, they didn't take a few scenes from the Brody's movie. They made they took actors from the movie with Robert England and makeup and made a kick-ass video. And usually he's, Robert yeah. England as Freddy hosted a block boys. on MTV. He's, he's pulling Doc into the yeah, mirrors and stuff. stuff and like... Will, Will Smith has a, a song about Nightmare Night, 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 Night. Yeah, yeah. Didn't he not have the rights to that and just did it? I'm wondering because they never shot a video. They never shot a video. That's why you don't win Oscars. <laughs> yeah, that was an interesting time throughout the '80s with uh, the relationship with selling soundtracks and having contemporary. Well, and, and I, I'm, I'm thinking definitely with some of the fr- later Freddies, but like you know, hip hop and rap became a thing with you know tied to horror. Mm-hmm. I think horror always latches on to the underdog. Yeah. So like there for a while was metal <laughs> and uh, it's, um, oh well, Nick Cave and uh, Red Right Hand, which became like yeah, a scream. staple of the Scream franchise. Yeah, yeah that's what it really to just say. embraced. The tone of the of those films. Well, also like Creed. I mean, like it was ban- like Scream. Also, that franchise embraced mm. Creed. Well, Dimension yeah. Dimension used a lot of like Nickelback, it like Creed, right, yeah, yeah, like uh, like just popular songs from oh, the nineties, two thousands. I can't go specifically, but I mean, I remember. Um, was that movie Disturbing Behavior? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, the just faculty. all those. Yeah, the faculty. All the that's. I think that's the faculty had like the Faculties, redo of yeah. uh, Pink Floyd. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. One of the greatest uh, selling, I think, greatest selling singles of all time um, is from a soundtrack. You know, it's obviously not horror, but my Celine Dion. Yeah, yeah, Celine Dion. I mean, it really is. I've had the time of my life. That's oh. No, we, uh, can we talk about Dirty Dancing? <laughs> Uh, we'll say that for later. But it, it really is. I mean, one. I think next to Candle in the Wind, maybe. But soundtracks play a big part, you know. And matter of fact... But I think the thing is, is that the song is two minutes. Mm-hmm. The movie was three plus hours. Yeah. And two minutes, it takes you back to that damn movie. Yeah. And like... And that little and you don't have to there, let there, go. There, there was a block of those. You don't like, have like, uh, to let go. Uh, what was Aerosmith? <laughs> Aerosmith had the big song. ass on the door. <laughs> she did let go. Aerosmith's yeah, Armageddon song, like oh, all yeah, the, yeah, all yeah. those songs, and you know what? They would come on, and you'd get a little misty eyed. You're like this song of Ben Affleck, yeah. Animal Crackers, and talking to Bruce Willis. Like, there's a time uh, if you if you watch the Back to the Future stuff, you know, again, not horror related necessarily, but uh, the director went to I think Alan Silvestri did the uh, orchestral arrangement for it, and he said, "Look, I don't have a very action packed movie as far as the first Back to the Future. There's not a lot of action in it." He said, "I need a big." Uh, a big score, big, you know, da 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 da, da you know, grand mm-hmm. sounds and things like that. And that's that's a conscious decision, no different than I want this scene to go this way and I want you to react this way. You are trying to evoke an emotion and be it through acting or through the conscious choice of this is how I need the music to sound can influence what you, the viewer, sees. Music is unfortunately 
uh, not unfortunately, but is is more of a cerebral take in. Like you can watch the interaction between two people, and the music set to it can also help shape your view of what's going on in that scene. You know, I, I think there's two big ones that that before we go out, um, Ghostbusters. Like oh the, yeah, not just go. the theme, the entire the entire soundtrack, yeah. and I. I think because uh, that was Bobby Brown. Well, and, and that was top selling. You know? <laughs> he made his way to the movie. Um, well, I guess. And then Danny Danny Elfman, because not just Tim mm. Burton. Danny Elfman did a lot of, like like The Simpsons and like the, there's he might not always be horror, and a yeah. lot of times it's more of it's a, in our world. Yeah, it's in our world. Um, did he do Beetlejuice? Or yes. Did... Oh yeah. 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 And okay, and he yeah. has that sound where um he's almost like uh, anytime a project has a darker feel to it, even if it's comedic. It's almost like, well, we know that's Danny Elfman. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, do we have any more needle drops we want to mention? I was going to just throw out some other stuff on scores. Oh, go ahead. Um, Bride of Frankenstein was the first great horror score. Everything else before that and a lot after that, I uh, used just uh, classical kind of stock uh, scores for it or ones that weren't all that effective. Uh, Franz Waxman did that one. Um, and, and they haven't put most of those old horror films out on vinyl, but they did that one. It's a great score. Um, something which leads me into something that I think is fascinating with scores in film is the juxtaposition of something brutal or terrifying with something wonderful in terms of sound, um, whether it be classical music or very beautiful, serene music. That setting a tone that's almost ominous because you know what you're getting ready to watch isn't that. Um, I, I've got jotted down here with Fulci films. He did that often. It would it would help create a serene uh, like environment for nightmares and and kind of just bizarre surrealist stuff that he would do primarily in gore. But you would frequently have very hypnotic, pretty music. Cronenberg um, did that I, uh, particularly effective in Videodrome and Scanners. Um, Cannibal Holocaust has some beautiful music in it um, to the point where one could even buy the soundtrack and enjoy it without the <laughs> that's, movie. That's lovely. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's legit got some great music in that. And yeah, that's something that I turtle. think uh, really applies well. Classical music, even though it w- wasn't classical, but it was classical style, Candyman, and the way that that was mm. pinned for that movie. Silence of the Lambs and the use of Bach, why he's tearing cops apart in, in that cell. That's unnerving. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> the Shining, a lot of that was Bartok's music for strings. Uh, it, it, there's stuff where, by applying it where it doesn't fit, makes it scary. I think that's very effective. Is there any movies like that that you guys can you, think of? Off you're saying, and you're saying scores, and, and the, the not fitting, so it makes it uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. All I can think of is American Psycho. That's where he's right. using Whitney Houston. Oh, and that's a Huey needle drop. There you go. That's and, a needle drop. When I but but it's about. not just needle drop. He's using weird ass pop songs to murder yeah. people. That's a great point. Um, There's actually a scene in Hostel where this guy is, uh, I think it's the first Hostel, where he's literally cutting a guy up mm-hmm. to, you know, Bach or Stravinsky or some, some kind exactly. of classical thing. That's what I was wanting because I know yeah. there's just, just a lot of these in This movies. guy was a true piece just uh, mm-hmm. listening to classical music and literally butchering. A human being yeah. on a table. Well, he paid money to do that, right? Yeah. Well, not, I, I didn't say he paid money. Your way. Not a horror yeah. movie, but he Reservoir Dogs experience. is a great example of that, yeah. too. With Steeler's Wheel, he's dancing oh, while he's yeah. cutting off that guy's ear. I can't I listen to that song and not think of that. I mean, you correlate it from Which, forever. by the way, at working in a record store, that was one of the most re- incorrectly requested <laughs> purchases ever. Everybody thought it was Bob Dylan. Steeler's Wheel. Really? Yeah. But uh, 
I guess I could see that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, is there any other... What, what, is, uh, what, what is the... Is the score in Dracula, is that the score for Dracula? Because I hear that one a lot. You're talking and, about and, the Lugosi one? Yeah. I, I hear that song a lot in other... And I'm sure it's probably because yeah, it was public domain it, or... It was. Yeah. It wasn't written for that. That was more just classical music that they could afford to plop in there. Um, there's a movie, uh, The Black Cat with Karloff and Lugosi, that I can't remember which composer it was, but they played the entire movie. There's music playing the entire movie. It's pretty cool. It sets a lot of mood for it. Uh, which you talked about your short that you made where the music doesn't stop. I love that. I love when films do that. It's not horror, but The Third Man with uh, Orson Welles and Joseph Cotton, it, they play a zither through the entire movie. It's... And I remember that because of that. I think it, I think it's pretty bold if a horror movie has got the stones to do that. It doesn't happen often. I mean, the oldest... the old. Correct me if I'm wrong here, and I probably am, but the oldest thing in the world to, to freak people out was like the theremin, right? The theremin was like, yep, good vibrations. Yeah. I mean, you know, you think I had of an like. Overly enthusiastic music teacher in college yeah. over the theremin. Like, the Dr. Scope <laughs> Show presents. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. My the theremin is about Marky a, Mark and the Funky Classic bunch. instrument. Like, Feel my it, music teacher it. made us watch Grease five times. <laughs> like, yeah. But the theremin is actually a very classic instrument, as far as the horror genre. What, what, what about uh, like 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 real briefly? What about movies that uh, the music actually dates it, like Prom Night or or Carrie? Yeah. Yeah. Specifically, I think those movies that are dated are from Needle Drop soundtrack. Yeah, and see, and I think that's yeah. the thing. Like, I mean, like look at Karate Kid. Well, yeah, scores are can the live on forever, around. but Mannequin. You're only going to hear Starship so many times. Look, hey, that's a classic, and I will not allow you to shit on that. We can build this dream together. No, but 80s 80s movies in general, we can take this a step away from horror. 80s movies in general relied on needle drop soundtracks. Absolutely. And that's what dates them as 80s movies more than anything else. Well, and also very contemporary in the sense of they cashed in on the synthesizers and electronic scores. Which is one thing I did want to mention. We don't have to go through their catalog, but... Uh, Carpenter and Alan Howarth, who was in Cincinnati a year ago, performed. Well, I've I, I, been brought up to him. There, there was an episode of Walking Dead that had just aired. We met him, and and I asked him. I was like, "Did you have involvement in that?" Because it's it reminded me. Um, it's it's where they. I don't remember the whole thing. They go to the. Um, fuck, I can't even think what the the bad guys are called now. Saviors. Yeah, so they go to the Saviors camp before they knew they were bigger than what they were. And they go in, it's almost like a weird Escape from New York thing. Mm-hmm. It felt like a Carpenter movie, the whole episode. And the music even sounded like the, the combo. Like, it sounded like Out of the Thing or Escape yeah. from New York. And I think it is important to, to mention that marriage because of all the wonderful movies that were catapulted by those two working together on those scores. I mean, I mean, we obviously talked about Halloween. Right. Uh, the Thing, Christine, like Halloween 3, which Chris, even though Carpenter um, didn't direct, the they The pop music together. from Christine. But that lots yeah. of 50 well, the Chris, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If Christine would have spoke, you would have been done yeah. with the movie. <laughs> well, but the music speaks. Yeah, like, I hear you knocking, you can't come in. And, there's there's yeah. a thing on Prom Night, I think it's Prom Night 2. And Mary I think Lou. they do, Hello, it's where they do like the old 50s style like saxophone music and stuff where you're like, it's kind of haunting. And one of my favorite, and this has no, nothing really to do with horror films in per, you, per se. You keep but, changing the subject. Uh, <laughs> no, if you listen to, there's a there's a, a song called In the Still of the Night, not White Snake. In not, the Still yeah. if you listen, if you, of the Night. I dare you to listen to that song. And when, when there's not a guitar solo, there's a saxophone solo. Yeah, and the saxophone solo, 
I mean, just listen to it and process it is so haunting. Because it sounds like it's almost filmed in a, or filmed, recorded in a separate room. And it just kind of has that eerie, and I always think of the movie Prom Night 2 or 3, you know, with Mary Lou and all that stuff. Because they kind of use some of that 50s music in there. That, I don't know what it is, man. That that saxophone, well, yeah, when it goes, it's just like, that's so beautiful the, and haunting at the same time. The dates of time and the idea of ghosts. Uh, the one that's yeah. great, uh, it's a very childlike movie, but Lady in White. And they and the little girl who's a ghost is singing the old Bing Crosby hit. Did you ever see a dream walking? Well, I did. You hear that song a thousand times and never think about it being a, 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 yeah. a ghost singing it. It was just this wonderful placement of it. What about Jeepers Creepers? Yeah. Where'd you get those peepers? Almost like the the. Yep. Uh, Where'd you get those eyes? Thirties, <laughs> forties style. Yeah. You big know. band swing. What was the one we used to talk about? You know, the Bugle Boy something. Yeah, yeah, it kind of has yeah. that vibe what to was it. That? Was what was Buffalo Bill jamming out to before he would go oh, Goodbye, goodbye horses. horses. <laughs> if anybody would like to purchase that on iTunes, it is Goodbye Horses by Q Lazarus. Uh, but yeah, to go back just real quick so on uh, Carpenter and Howard, those scores were great. And something that I think has been interesting is to see the people that had influenced listeners. They are impersonating Buffalo Bill right now. Uh, but <laughs> Get the, your dick the, out. The artist, the Don't artist, lie, you all had your arms out. The, uh, the artists that it influenced in uh, modern scores, a uh, few recent ones of note were It Follows, Starry Eyes, and uh, Turbo Kid all had classic yeah. throwbacks to those 80s synthesizer, especially Ooh. Carpenter soundtracks that I think really made those films a much more fun watch because you kept thinking of that relation to like, this sounds like scores from those movies. I love those movies. I love this one now. It's just naturally kind of happens. Do you know the best, you just touched on something that made me think, the best throwback, uh, uh, you know, theme, I don't know if everybody here is the table's watching, I don't think you have, but Stranger Things. Am I, I has it, it who's, who's watched it? I've watched, I, I've, I've watched, I've heard, I've heard somewhere? people go on and on about the music. So. I've watched, the theme yeah. is like so 80s or the like, theme. Like, it's almost man, a little X-Files kind of, yeah. But so with good. the 80s synthesizer. Yeah. No, we, uh, they any, tapped into that perfectly. We got any more? Any no. more we want to touch on? I think no, I'm we good. I, I, like, I think we came full circle. Like I said, I I think it's neat that you can... There's sirens going you, in the background. Especially you guys. Well, that's because there's death. All right. like that's because th- there's another movie soundtrack. Police, yeah, they you, you that's need to actually, come inside. That's yeah. for the Buffalo Bill dance. That that, just that's happened. not Bobcat's Goldthwait coming. But yeah. literally, I think it's I think it's great that right now you can pick these things up, and companies are re-releasing these soundtracks. So if there is something that you particularly liked, I know I've, I see a bunch of the covers, and I'm like, oh, that looks cool, and that looks cool. But soundtracks never really, besides the main themes that we talked about, they never really spoke to me but i'm sitting with two guys who love these things and so it's neat to see them go through stacks of soundtracks and then one at a time you know with and at paul bearer press or at conventions or things it's neat to see these guys go through soundtracks and pull this out and they're talking about the way music affects them and i think about the way it affects me in here but to know that they're sitting down just listening to it so i think music in movies these things that we at me particularly as a child i never thought I never cared about that. You know, like, I didn't... I was never going to listen to Tubular Bells outside. I keep bringing that up because I know the name of it. I, I was never going to listen to that. Christmas time, you're like... <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, like, docking, you know what I'm saying? Like, that was a song in there. I don't own any soundtracks of that way. I own yeah. other soundtracks. So I think that... I think it's been a neat venturing into this with you guys because... 
I'm sitting here with three guys yeah. who love music. The I'm un- not the unsung hero of are. the of the franchises. You know the music. Right. Closing thoughts, Hot Toddy. Like that music. Uh, <laughs> I would say uh, vinyls like crack, and and you start buying it. And uh, uh, I remember my mom when I moved out told me don't get rid of my shit because it comes back. <laughs> yep. And I got rid of all my vinyl. Bought it all right back. <laughs> um, coolest thing though is like a lot of stuff that was never available when we were kids, where they didn't do soundtracks, are available now. Yeah. So yeah, like you know of many fun. of these like v- collective vinyls, they always didn't necessarily yeah. have a soundtrack. Some back of my then. favorite movies like Black Christmas, Waxworks, uh, they scored that with the original composer. He came in and helped. Yeah, like my I don't think my Bloody Valentine like a lot of these. Yep. A lot of a lot of them didn't necessarily have the soundtrack. So yeah. Uh, final thoughts, Rybones? Um, again, I just think music plays a really uh, important role in the films, and it's not always kind of talked about, which is why I wanted to bring it up. Um, so I'll, I'll leave you with this small quote from uh, Trick or Treat. Wake up, sleepyheads. <laughs> uh, and, you know, when it comes to this, I hope that this has been uh, fairly entertaining. I know it's kind of a different subject. Not a lot of horror podcasts necessarily cover this. So it's one that we wanted to tackle. I think it's been a fun conversation. Uh, something also to keep in mind uh, under the show uh, where you know, you're listening to this. Maybe you're listening to it in iTunes. But on our blog underneath, I will link up not only some of the uh, vendors that we buy these records from. So you can go check out their website. Um, also, if you follow me on Instagram, I constantly put up pictures of records I'm listening to while I'm working on the podcast, because uh, there's daily content I put up there, so give me a follow on there if not already. Um, and then, uh, yeah, maybe check out April Wines, Every Night I Rock Myself to Sleep off of Friday Night. <laughs> uh, but other than that, I think it's been a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, yeah, We went an hour talking about music yep. without having to play a note. Yep, I'd say we knocked it's it pretty out. Cool. I am uh, Professor Wagstaff signing off with... Uh, I'm Matt Chan. I'm hot, Toddy. I, I want to say, though, we are available karaoke nights. <laughs> Hit us up. We'll come on down. Karaoke, yes. Hit us up. And Rye Bones. And thanks for listening, guys. Here's the song I scored.